0: Everybody, welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. This is episode number 118. I'm Gabe Estel. I'm here with my co-hosts Dennis Levi, Leach, and Jonathan Goetz. Tonight's episode is called Catching Up with Cobb and MLB Predictions. We're here with, I think, now what is like five-time guests. So, Ricky, I don't we we need to get you a jacket or some shit. It would be a uh, <laughs> like a like one of those. Cream sickle buccaneers jackets is the one we would get you if we if we could <laughs> but um we're here with five-time guest ricky cobb of super 70 sports so good to see you ricky man how the fuck you been buddy
1: well gabe it's a pleasure to be back on with you guys uh always a pleasure to be on with the rock and roll shin su chu guys the best title of any any fucking podcast in america as far as I'm concerned, but I am doing great because I'm here with such esteemed gentlemen. And I got to tell you, it's, it's like Saturday night live, right? It's there's bragging rights when you've hosted, who's, do we know who's the number one guy for Saturday night live? It's it's like, Tom like Hanks. Hanks or Steve Martin movie. Yeah. One of them. And Alec Baldwin's up there probably, uh, uh, right. you know, but, uh, But yeah, man, it's 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 pretty good. I I don't know who's got more guest appearances than me, but uh, honored to be in the five time guest club. That's right, man.
0: Well, that jacket will be on its way. I'll pull the money from petty cash, Ricky. But um, yeah, man, we will uh, as we mentioned to everybody, um, you know, Ricky is the creator of Super uh, Super Seventies at Super Seventies Sports, which is the best thing on twitter and some days the best things the best thing on the whole internet and then also ricky i know that you've kind of um kind of resurrected revamped your podcast a little bit right super 70s show maybe last year or so
1: yeah rebooted it for several years as as you know i i did a podcast that frankly i didn't do any of the right things with, with a podcast to create a following i was throwing them up anywhere from weekly to every two months and they were long form <laughs> interviews with, with yeah. uh, primarily retired athletes, but had some celebs on there as well. It was a lot of fun, but eventually it just became something that I was too busy to do. The, the recording of the podcast is the fun part. Yeah. The editing and the post-production and all of that shit is what was a grind. And so now with the new super seventies uh, sports show, podcast, which, uh, I have a co-host, the great Ronnie t-shirts, and it's a lot of fun because I'm now at a point where I can throw a few bucks and I do mean a few at a guy to do all the post-production stuff. So it makes it, makes it a hell of a lot easier. And it's nice to have a co-host. I mean, I'm sure for you guys, the, a lot of the pleasure of doing this is just being able to sure. shoot the shit with your friends. So absolutely, it's a little different dynamic.
0: Yeah, especially you know when you all live in different places don't get to see each other as much. It's 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 nice. Yeah, it's our way of catching up really, you know. So, yeah, man. So that's really cool. Everybody check out that it's on uh it's on Apple Podcasts and it's on some of the other spots around the internet too. I'd imagine, Ricky. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's on Apple and Spotify. You can also go to super70sports.com. I don't know where the fuck else it is or isn't, <laughs> you know, but you know if you're if you're getting it somewhere other than Apple Spotify or directly from the Teat, which is that's maybe that's the new nickname for super70sports.com we're just going to call it the Teat.
0: <laughs> the Teat. <tees.
1: laughs> yeah. so but anyhow yeah you can get it there for sure so if you if you need to look further than that just keep looking i guess cool
0: cool well, we'll yeah everybody uh bookmark that one and then also Ricky um you know one of the cool things we've seen lately i, I know you've got some you know, as, as the as the, uh, the Twitter feed has grown over the years, um, you know, you've attracted some some famous fans, you know, and, and a lot of people involved in the comedy world. Um, if, I didn't know about this until Levi texted it me, texted it to Jonathan and I a few weeks ago. Um, there is the Super Max Retro show, correct? Um, and this is really cool, man. How did, that, just as much as you can reveal, at least, how did this come about, man? I mean, it, it seems like it's kind of super 70s sports inspired, at least
1: yeah yeah the super 70s feed was the genesis of of this project and it's called the super maximum retro show it airs on vice tv tuesday nights at 10 eastern 9 central and you can see it being rerun in blocks uh at various other points on the vice schedule so we're we're on i think episode six is coming up Tuesday night, and it's one of the episodes that I'm on. So uh, excited about that! But uh, a lot of fun. Uh, basically, came to be because Jimmy Kimmel was a fan of the Super seventy Speed, and uh, he and I exchanged pleasantries a few years ago, and he ended up having the president of his production company reach out to me to. See, explore, I guess, the possibility of is there a way to take the Super 70s feed and distill it into a television format. And after a couple of years of bouncing it around and and discussion and things like that, it ended up uh, being bought by Vice and couldn't be any happier about it. Chris DiStefano is a very talented stand-up and -and up-and-comer. And he's the host of the show and does a terrific job. And in season one, we've, we've got a lot of funny people on there. Chris Red, uh, Saturday night live, yeah, uh, Jim Norton, just a, a bunch of Hassan Minaj, a bunch of really uh, great comics, Roy Wood jr. From the daily show. So uh, a, a lot of folks that are, that are really funny, uh, guested uh, during the, the season one uh, shoot and we've got ten episodes from season one, and of course, as I said, those are airing now, and we'll continue to air on Vice. So, um, hoping that people enjoy it, and hoping that we get the opportunity to keep making more, and hopefully, entertaining people.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean it, uh, we're, we're really happy for you, and um, it's uh, it, it's it's such a cool thing to see, and it's 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 funny, and um, it's just. Yeah, man, just to see it all come to life and come to fruition. It's got to be really cool, man.
1: Yeah, it's really surreal, I guess, Game, yeah. It's surreal. I, I'm sort of getting used to it, but I was actually in New York uh, just a few weeks ago for the premiere of the show, and that obviously was a wild experience just to, yeah. just to think. Here I am uh, in, in New York with all of the – People, most of the people who were instrumental in in the show being made there and just having the opportunity to celebrate a little bit and enjoy the really it's like a birth in a, in a yeah, sense right. when you when you spend yeah. so much time working on something and then it finally sees the light of day it's a it's a satisfying feeling and of course to see myself on TV. My daughters are getting a kick out of that certainly because I am on three of the 10 episodes from, uh, season one. So that was an experience for me as well. I was originally only going to be on one, but they, they liked me, uh, in the first one and gave me the opportunity to get a couple more at bats. So, uh, pretty, pretty wild stuff. And it was, I think satisfying for me creatively, To be able to demonstrate that I'm not a one trick pony and that uh, hopefully what I do, my comedic sensibilities translate to being in front of the camera as well as behind the keyboard or behind my iPhone. So it, it was just a lot of fun. And man, I'm I'm pinching myself every day because I'm pretty sure somewhere in the universe, the cosmic clickers became misaligned and I'm getting somebody else's good fortune because I, I never thought in a million years that any of these things would be happening and be beyond grateful for the opportunities that I've had over the last few years and just trying to enjoy the ride brother. Cool man
0: that's awesome dude we're we're really happy for you we look forward to more episodes of the show and and more to come um, Man, you're a funny dude Ricky and I mean you're uh, you know you've got the the art of the tweet down was it was it a little bit intimidating being around some of those cats, man? I mean, I mean they're funny fuckers, you know. I mean, so yeah, yeah just, just curious. I
1: mean, well, it's in the sense you have got a couple of things happening when you walk on to a production like that, which I'm not really familiar with. I, on the one hand, the show is occurring because of my Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I felt like I'd just fallen off the back of the turnip truck. And I'm walking around (laughs) the first day just mostly trying to not not make an ass of myself because I'm looking around and I I really was like the country mouse. You know, I'm looking up at the bright lights and it's just wow, wow, wow. And of course, I kind of got thrown right into the fire because the first thing that I did the first day I was there was tape an episode that I was on and then was told right after that if you're interested in doing another one, do you, do you want to? And of course you, you don't have to ask me twice. Of course I wanted to. So I was right back at it and that was like eight or nine hours of taping wow. the the first day just for those two episodes. So you really do get to see how the sausage is made. Yeah. I had the opportunity to go in the truck and uh, see how all that was going down with the showrunner and and the, the folks, you know, handling that side of it, the people that are, Behind the scenes, so it was an education for sure. And by the time that uh, we we wrapped on the final episode, you know, I'm I'm going around and hugging people and saying these goodbyes to, in some cases, people I had only met five days before. You know, it was it was really that kind of a cool experience. So hoping that we get a chance to do it again, and uh, it, it would be a lot of fun to walk in on day one with at least some semblance. Of understanding uh, how it how it works, but uh, but but it's been a lot of fun, obviously, to be on TV, and and it was satisfying to demonstrate that I could sit there with stand up comics and people who are used to being on television, and people who have lots and lots of IMDb credits under their belt, and that I could sit there shoulder to shoulder with them, and pretty much do the same sorts of things that I do on Twitter in that format. So I think it was a confidence booster for me uh, in that sense to think, okay, well, where else can I take this? Obviously I love Twitter and Twitter's always going to be a big component of what I do, but I certainly do have aspirations to create outside of Twitter. And so as a, as a first real major venture in this area, it's, it's really been something.
0: Yeah. Nice. Were you a little nervous, Ricky, like when Elon like first bought Twitter and you're like, hey, man, I got a good thing going right here. Let's not get too weird yeah, with this don't shit, fuck all me, right? <laughs> I, I thought about you, dude, when he was you know, doing all that shit when he first bought it.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> it, it, the, the, the rumors and stuff, I think it was maybe about four months ago now, maybe a little over four months ago when he was, there was such turnover at Twitter, or at least that's the reports that we were getting and... You were getting all this stuff in the media. And I remember there was one weekend where they were saying that all of the most important developers are gone and Twitter's already slowing down and Twitter's death is imminent and uh, RIP Twitter was trending and all of this stuff. And I was getting messages from people who were saying, looking back on it now, it's kind of comical, but I was getting messages from folks who were saying, here's my phone number uh, so that we can stay in touch on the other side. Basically, right. you know that this is all going to just burn to the ground, and we're going to be standing in a pile of rubble. And where do you where do you go from there? Because Twitter, for a lot of people that I communicate with on a regular basis, Twitter's our you know it's our primary connection. There's sure. lots of folks that I'm fairly sort of close with, at least in the most general sense. That I don't have their number in my phone, you know. So uh, so there was some of that, but I. Um, Overall, I feel like the performance of the app is, is great. As far as I can tell, sitting here with you today, knock, knock on my, my wood wooden desk here. Um, Twitter's working as well as it ever has. And so I think, I think a lot of the negativity towards Elon was politically driven and, you know, folks who just didn't like him to begin with, and were just looking for anything that they could seize upon to, um, you know, sort of tear things down. Now we can, we, you know, and I'm not going to say that there, there aren't some things that he's done where I've kind of just thought, okay, you know, come on, dude. But, um, but I'm, I, I I will say this. I was in favor when he was in talks to purchase it. I was in favor of that. And I I will say that I'm on the guy's side. I, I think people sometimes are surprised by that, but as a comic, And particularly in this era that we're in, you know, we – the pendulum has swung pretty far in the direction of censorship and canceling people and all of that kind of stuff. And as a comedian, you have to have some freedom to take chances, and you have to have some freedom to at least – at least start poking up around where the boundaries are. Otherwise you're just going to be doing Jay Leno's monologue from the tonight show 20 <laughs> years. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's, I guess that is a shot at Jay Leno, but that's what Jay was doing. It's very, very safe comedy. That's, yeah. uh, that's what he was doing. That's the audience he was serving. He made a decision. And if I were in his shoes, maybe I would have made the same decision, but I'm not in his shoes. And I prefer to be, more edgy. My heroes are Chappelle and Bill Burr and George Carlin and Richard Pryor and Louis C.K. I'm talking about as comedians. Uh, those are people that I enjoy their work and I enjoy the chances they take. So I'm I was always thinking, well, you know, when is the sword of Damocles uh, going to fall here when I turn the wrong phrase? And I, you know, so I like Elon from the standpoint of, um, you know, he's 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 not looking to suspend everybody for everything that they say. I'm a I'm a huge first amendment proponent. I even, you know, as long as you're not saying something that's going to get somebody killed, I'm in favor of people being able to say stupid things. I'm in favor of people being able to say at least to a large extent offensive things and then have those opinions drowned out by the opinions of smarter, more sure. articulate people. You know, I always think that the best ideas win in the end, but I'm a fan of the marketplace of uh, ideas and, and expression. So I th- I do think that Elon is on the right side of that equation. So, um, you know, Hey, I told somebody the other day, I root for Elon Musk. And if Elon s- sells Twitter in six months or a year or whatever, I will be rooting for whomever the buyer is because what's good for Twitter is is good for me, right?
0: Well, well stated. And uh if the first amendment was just designed to protect popular ideas, we wouldn't need a first amendment.
1: You know what I mean? Absolutely, because here's the th- here's the thing. You know, it's all good and well when they're coming for the people that you disagree with. Right. But that precedent is being set. Every time somebody gets canceled, we're reinforcing that this Monster is out there gobbling up uh, ideas that at least a certain segment of the society disagrees with. So with rare exception, I am in favor of just letting everybody have their say and hopefully reason and the good ideas will prevail. I I don't think uh, artificially silencing people's opinions is ever a good idea no matter which side it's happening on, you know, this isn't, a, I'm not trying to make a liberal or conservative argument, a Democrat or Republican argument. I I just believe in people's ability to say things vocally, loudly and, and incorrectly, because I do think that that is a huge part of the foundation uh, that this country was built on. And as a comic, I'd like to you know, be able to sleep at night after I make a couple of edgy jokes and not wait for the cancellation police to, you know, the SWAT team to come.
0: Sure. Yeah. But yeah, man, well, we are, we are so glad that your content is thriving out there, Ricky. And, uh, I want everybody to check out, um, super maximum retro show on vice with some new episodes coming. So, Really great stuff. We also we also look forward to you on the next season of White Lotus, Ricky. I've,
1: I've been told. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I, I thought that the first season was some of the best some of the best work of my career, Dave.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we look forward to that. We're going to talk um, now a, l- a little bit of baseball. We've, we're we're on the the precipice of the uh, of the new season of, of, of MLB, and uh, I, you know we were we were talking here before we hit the record button about. A couple of us kind of being a little bit out of the loop. One of us only really knowing what's going on because, you know, my son follows it. Um, he's like a little Peter Gammons one run, running around my house right now. Um, but we're, we're just going to do some predictions here. We've done these in the past. Most years we probably get them wrong, but um, we'll, we'll we'll give it a rip here. With the uh, you guys just want to start with the uh, we'll start with the American League. We'll start with the ALCS. Um, we're, we're, we're not doing all the division winners and who knows how many wild cards there are now. Uh, we'll just do, get down to brass tacks and do who will face each other in the ALCS. I'm going to start with Levi. We'll go down to Ricky and Jonathan and then come back up to okay. me. How's that sound?
2: Sounds good. Uh, for ALCS, I have the Astros versus the Yankees. Yeah. Pretty, pretty a comfortable repeat of last pick.
0: year. Would it? Is that, is that a uh, repeat of last year? It is right.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Houston, know. Houston uh, swept them, didn't they? I believe. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, do you do you think the Astros are going to win that
2: then? The uh, yeah, I I have uh, for the series, I have the Astros in it. They're, Those they're, damn they're,
3: Astros, they're, man.
2: They're, yeah, I mean, I no hate way. to say that. I know, like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like they've become a modern dynasty, man. Yeah. 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 Like Astros. most,
0: people, I'm rooting for Dusty Baker more than I am the Astros. Exactly. You know? <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> he'll always be in a Cubs uniform in my eye. <laughs> there we
0: go. There we go. Ricky, what about you, man? What do you What do you think's gonna how's gonna shake out in the American League?
1: Well, at the risk of looking like I'm I'm sneaking peeks off of uh, Levi's paper, <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Yankees and the Astros as well. Um, you know, and again, and, and maybe and I'll freely admit, maybe maybe the secret sauce for me here is that I just don't follow it anymore, and I couldn't possibly pick any worse than yeah. when I followed things more closely. Every year that I came on this show, thinking that I knew something, this segment reminded me <laughs> that I really didn't, okay, you know, it's our our predictions sound so good until it's like the Mike Tyson quote, right? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face and everybody's got a prediction until the season starts. So uh, I, but Yankees Astros sounds good to me. And, and again, Dusty Baker, so well said, Dusty Baker is one of the nicest people in baseball. I've had the pleasure to interview over a hundred major league players, current or retired uh, in my day and Dusty Baker is absolutely one of the kindest, most down-to-earth, decent people, and that's also the scouting report on the guy. If you talk to anybody in baseball, there's nobody that has anything bad to say uh, about Dusty Baker. So he redeems the Astros somewhat. That's the reason that I wasn't super angry last year, but I'm still salty. I'm still salty about the uh, trash can thumping and and all of that stuff. But I'll, I'll pick Houston, and then. The New York Yankees, the most recent guest that I had on my podcast was Aaron Boone. Oh, cool. And and Booney is another really nice guy. When you're, when you're sitting, having a conversation with the Yankees manager, as he's sitting in his office at Yankee stadium, and you're discussing yacht rock with him, you realize (laughs) that Billy Martin probably wouldn't have indulged me like that. Let's put it that way. But uh, the Yankees are loaded as well. Those are two very, very talented teams. So, um, Pretty easy on paper to put those teams in the ALCS, I think. Yeah,
0: John.
3: Well, if it, I'm just going to make you feel old, but uh, you remember Dusty Baker's son uh, being caught up uh, in the play at the plate uh, yeah. when he was like a toddler running out there as a bat boy. Um, his son uh, just hit a, uh, a game time grand slam against the Astros the other day. Um, wow.
1: <laughs> So,
2: wow, Did
3: Darren, Darren Snow Baker
1: at home plate and high five him. Yeah, yeah. JT Snow was a goddamn hero. That it, night. That was JT Snow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Man, the uh, the uh, all these all these players coming in to make us feel old, man. I, I'm sure like Paul Paul Molitor the fifth is is gone his <laughs> way or something. You know, I, I
1: don't know, dude. I'm convinced. <laughs> like, I don't follow the NBA closely, but like, it looks to me that like. Like thirty one percent of the NBA is just a second or a junior of some guy that I watched play in the NBA. It's all Nepo
3: babies, man. All Nepo yeah, babies.
1: It's bizarre. <laughs> but yeah, baseball's kind of the same way. I mean, I'm still I still feel like the original Fernando Tatis should be getting some at bats for the Cardinals,
3: you know. Just hit another grand slam.
1: See, I'm starting to understand old guys now. When I was young and old guys would be going on and on about you know shit that happened a long time ago i'm realizing now the reason that they were going on and on about it is just that it feels like it was three weeks ago to them <laughs> I, I, I can't even believe that uh fernando tatis is fucking retired much less <laughs> that his son is out there uh jacking bombs
3: well i hate yeah. to break it to you but paul o'neill won't be on the roster this year for the yankees and that yes yeah,
2: <laughs> So
3: who's,
0: who's your pick, guest?
3: You I,
1: I, I, I revise my pick now. Jonathan? I was counting on his steadying presence. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, I, I, I also have the, uh, the Yankees uh, over the uh, Toronto Blue Jays uh, okay. in the ALCS. I think the Blue Jays are going to click a little bit better than they did the last couple of years, and and uh, Vlad Junior is going to have a rebound and and, and tear it up.
0: Another team there with some second generation players on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vlad Junior, Bobichet, got got Vigio's kid as well, right? I think is on the team. Captain
3: Vigio, Yeah,
0: I'm gonna take them. I'm gonna take the Blue Jays. Uh, I know that's kind of bold to put them, you know, in the World Series. Essentially, there, the ALCS. I'll take them over Houston. Like, I mean, maybe the the Blue Jays like can like swing a trade for another pitcher or something like that. Maybe this is the year that it kind of clicks for him. You know, I, I don't know. I don't like the Yankees. so right. Fuck it, yep. I'll just go with Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. All right. Toronto it is. Um, and then we've got the NLCS. So going over uh, to the other one, um, Levi, kick us off there, man. What do you got? Obviously Cubs, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah. The, I, I can't be as Homer-esque as I once was with them, but um you know, uh, th- this is also pretty much safe picks. I have been the NLCS Braves and the Dodgers. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I th- think I'm gonna lean towards the Braves. So, uh, World Series would be Astros versus the Braves. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I. You know, there are some other good teams. Obviously, the Dodgers are probably the best team alongside the Braves in the National League, but I think the Padres are good and I think the Padres could make a run, but um obviously the weakest division is the Central. I mean, if you look, the, it's always the know, way. I think yeah, the Cardinals are pretty much written on paper handed the division so far this year and they're not to, they're not really that great of a team even. And so um yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do Braves Dodgers and Braves. So All right. Cool.
0: Ruhi, what about what about in the NL, man?
1: Well, I'm going to do it again. Um I I will take the Dodgers <laughs> and the Braves. <laughs> As well, you know. No, it's all good, man. Thanks for that Venmo
2: earlier for my notes.
1: Yeah, I'm just riding off his – like anything that he says, I'm good at it. He's going to be like, I don't know. You want to go out and do mushrooms later? I'm like, yeah.
2: I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're
1: doing that. Mushrooms. I'm, I'm in for it. Uh, but, again, look, I mean we all know that it rarely comes out chalk. So, you know, it's a little lame to go chalk, I guess, in a sense, but – if I'm trying to predict what I think is most likely based on the talent, I, I think the, the Dodgers and the Braves. The Padres are really an interesting team. I've got a couple of friends in the Padres organization, and I'm kind of hoping to go out there uh, this year to Petco Park and and see my friends and take in a couple of games. And if the Padres uh, make it to the World Series, that would be amazing. I would love to see the Brown claim a, a World Series championship at some point. But uh, I'll, I'll go with the Braves and I'll go with the Dodgers. I, I like the pitching in both cases. And, you know, obviously uh, the, Do- the Dodgers are loaded. The Braves are excellent. Padres are good. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, obviously. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ride with my man Levi again.
0: Cool.
3: I can dig it. Um, I'm, I'm going Padres over Braves. Uh, so I, I do, I do believe in the, uh, the Friars and, uh, you know, whatever, maybe Fernando Tatis Jr. bounces back and, and, uh, stays off the motorcycles and, uh, has a full year, uh, hopefully, cause I think baseball's better when, when he plays a full year and, uh, yeah, yeah. Lo- looking forward to, um. Padres over Braves, so we can have a rematch of the nineteen ninety six, 98 World Series, Yankees and Padres.
0: Yeah, ninety eight. Yeah, Kim Caminiti. Right. Oh Playing yeah. That. R.I.P.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna buck orthodoxy here a little bit, and um, like again, my uh, my knowledge base is, is my eight year old son, and uh, <laughs> he is keen on the Padres, and they're. You know, the, the lineup is so stacked, like him and him and I'll go play out in the backyard every day when I get home from work and you know, we, he always tells me which teams we're being. It's real cute, you know, and, and and you know, so he'll tell me, you know, who's up and all that. And he's going through the Padres lineup. I'm like, Holy shit, they got that dude as well? You know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, Yeah, dad, you know, they got they got Nelson Cruz too, you know. Like he's <laughs> like they got they got uh Matt Carpenter. Like I mean their bench is deep now too. So I just don't see how they can. Like, I mean, like, it's not always about how much money you spend, and they've spent a shitload of it in recent years. But, like, it's it's, it's all got to click sometime, right? I mean, Tatis is coming back. Um, I, I assume they're moving him to the outfield, I would guess, probably. Yeah, right? Yep. Okay. And, and they got Bogarts, too, now. Yep. They got, they, they got him as well. So I just don't – this lineup is so stacked. It's one of the best lineups I've seen in years. So, I mean, with Soto as well. I just don't see how it can't happen this year. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take um, I'm gonna take the Padres over another big spender, the Mets. You know, Mets are often kind of the the bridesmaid, never the bride, if you will, and that that could happen again this year. But you know, they've obviously invested a lot too, and uh, it could pay off. I, I like you guys' pick with the Braves because I think that's the team that people aren't talking about. Um, you know everybody else all those other teams that, that that we've mentioned in the National League have kind of overshadowed the Braves, which could make a good case to pick the Braves, but I'm gonna go with the folks that have really broken out the checkbook over the last couple of years and I'll I'll do the I'll do the Padres over the Mets. Yeah. Nice. So I think our World Series picks are we already know then, right? Yeah. I mean yeah, I've yeah. got yeah. I've I've got Toronto over San Diego, which I'm sure like the MLB commissioner does not want. That will not be a ratings bonanza by any <laughs> means. Um, like a like a Monday night game, like the the Jaguars at the Ravens, will get you know, better 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 numbers than that. But probably, so that's, yeah, I'm I'm taking San Diego
2: all the way. So.
0: I don't know, but you. You, guys, you guys got all the way then? Who are you going for to winning the whole thing?
2: I unfortunately have the Astros over the okay. Braves as much
1: as I didn't want to write
0: it. Right,
2: right. <laughs> Ricky
0: Man, same thing. Houston all the way? or
1: I'll take the Yankees over the Dodgers in six. There you that was what happened my first year as a baseball fan. The Yankees beat the Dodgers in six. So uh, Yankees over the Dodgers in six. Aaron Boone... Gets a championship that would make me happy. I, yeah. I put the uh, Super seventy Sports Show podcast pixie dust on him. All right. <laughs> so it's like the reverse of the Madden curse, or at least we'll find out whether it's <laughs> sure. or whether it's good. If he wins, I'm taking fucking credit for it. But, well, yeah, <laughs> right. you should be at the parade. I would. Just, yes, I, mean, I feel clearly Probably. if That's they, win right.
0: hey, you know, and that'd be good for. I mean, two storied franchises. You know that the commissioner you know, would approve World Series. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yes. What about you? Who'd you who'd you pick? Uh, Yankees over Padres. Yankees over Padres. So, okay, so to, to,
0: again to repeat, uh, ninety eight. Yeah, all the way. Cool. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. And there are, I, Jonathan, I think you've been kind of following these more closely than I am. There are a couple changes to baseball this year that, Ricky, I don't know if you've if you've you know kind of gotten word of these or maybe you've been able even to talk to somebody in the big leagues about some of this stuff that's coming down the pipeline. But um, yeah, there's the, you know, the game is, is a little bit of a ball of clay now, you know, and we are kind of shifting things a little bit. You, you got any thoughts on some of these changes that are, that are coming up, Ricky?
1: Yeah. You know, for, for a long time, I was a traditionalist about this stuff. I, I felt like, you know, the natural ebb and flow of strategy and the cat and mouse game between fielding and hitting and pitching and batting. I thought if we just left it alone, it would sort itself out that people would find the inefficiencies and they would stop trying to pull everything over these dramatic shifts. And maybe guys would start going the other way. Maybe there would be a Renaissance of the spray hitter, the guy that's not out there to hit 30 homers. Maybe that guy who can hit 300 with 10 or 12 homers, but, not just pull everything would, uh, you know, become a more valuable player. Those guys are always valuable, but but they certainly haven't been in vogue in recent years the same way as the home run hitters because we, you know, the three true outcomes has ruled the day for a long time now. It's just swing for the fences. If you strike out 180 times, it's no big deal because a strikeout is just an out, and you have these guys like Joey Gallo with. I mean, sometimes you've got to count and make sure you, it looks like they've got 11 players on the field and they've got like eight of them <laughs> shifting, you're, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, motherfucker, just lay down a bunt. Do you know? Can you bunt to the left side of the infield? I, because you're, you you'll be able to run for a mile.
3: It turns out
1: because no, he really can't. <laughs> and you know, once in a while, you would see it, but we didn't see it enough. So you know what? If, if in the interest of cutting out the fucking nonsense, I'm I'm definitely in favor of the pitch clock. Let's stop adjusting our dicks. Let's stop playing <laughs> with our body armor. Let's stop picking up the rosin bag and jacking off with it between every pitch. Let's play baseball, you know. And there's no reason that baseball can't be played in two and a half hours. It was played fast when Mark Burley pitched,
2: yeah, right? Yep, so
1: it's a if you are moving and you and, and it's jarring if you watch an old game. If you pull up a game from the 60s, like if you have a chance to see an old Bob Gibson World Series game or something like that, man, McCarver is throwing it back to Gibson. Gibson is catching it. He's on the rubber, and he's dealing. There's not a lot of dilly-dallying around. Guys aren't getting out of the box and going through their elaborate between-pitch routines. So I'm in favor of the clock. I, I know that a lot of us love about baseball that there's no clock. Sure. And so it's a little bit offensive, just the fact that there is a clock. But if that gets us down from these four-hour marathon, especially with all the pitching changes and things we have now, then if that's what we got to do, then that's what we got to do. So overall I'm in favor of it. I think the bigger bases is a little weird to me. I'm still not sure how I feel about messing with that because you are you are messing a little bit with that sacred. 90 feet you're shaving a few inches off of it and so i don't know they're talking about how it's to prevent injuries but i mean i don't know we got we got along with the bases we had for like a hundred plus years i don't know that bigger bases are necessarily going to make a big difference but um it's good to see baseball at least attempting to do something to address some of these issues many of which have been festering for way too long i think
0: yeah, it, 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 it inevitably has to change, too. You know, I mean, it's just it's 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 been sacred to all of us and it's important, but it's a thing. It's got to change, you know, like like anything does.
1: Well, Gabe, the big one, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, two years, three years, five years, 10 years. But I'm going to tell you the, the most hallowed measurement of all 60 feet and six inches is eventually, I think, going to be changed. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be 61 and a half, 61 62 maybe you know or if it'll be staggered but i I do think at some point you've got to consider it because these guys now every guy you know because i don't think we ever foresaw a world in which so many guys could throw 97 98 99 100 101 and an era when they're specialists right we the complete game is virtually extinct And so you've just got this parade of sort of, for the most part, sort of faceless, nameless guys who can just throw it a jillion miles an hour. And I don't think that the game was ever intended to be played that way. So at some point, if we want to see strikeouts really go back down and reestablish contact, I'm I'm afraid, I kind of hate to see it in a certain sense because it's been such a constant, whether we're talking about Warren Spahn or Lefty Grove or Fergie Jenkins or, you know, Max Scherzer. It's always been that distance. And so, but, but I think, I think they're even going to fuck with that uh, uh, eventually. And I, and, and I'm not necessarily opposed to it either. Baseball needs to make some changes because our society continues to be a low attention span Give me something entertaining right now, society. And baseball needs to step into line with that. Or at some point, it really is going to risk losing a lot of popularity. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, particularly with kids, too. You know, I mean, I'm glad mine found it. But, you know, it's amazing that he did in the era of distractions that he's living in. Well,
1: your kid sounds a lot like me when I was that age. And I'll tell you the truth. It's heartening. You know, it's yeah. nice to know that there are still eight-year-olds out there that are as passionate about it as we were when we were kids. Mm-hmm. That that alone is something to take away from this podcast that makes me feel good. It's still baseball. Oh, yeah. is, see, that's the thing, man. You can fuck with baseball, but it says a lot about what a great sport it truly is. That even with the annoyances, even with the... Issues that we've seen sort of snowball over the past twenty plus years. Uh, baseball's still a pretty fucking good game. Absolutely. At, at its heart, you know.
0: Yeah
3: absolutely i can't help but think watching march madness now and you can see how a game slows down to a crawl when it's you know under a minute to go both teams have their full allotment of timeouts and they're going to use every one of them and you're just fouling you're calling timeouts you're inbound and you're calling a timeout to move the inbound up and 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 it's it's insufferable it's like it's I'm almost ready to just turn off the TV and I'll check the, the, the score to the end of the game later in the day. And, um, and, and I feel like with, with these changes with baseball, you know, it's, it was becoming these interminable pauses in between pitches in the third or fourth inning, like as if it were the last minute of the elite eight. And, uh and it's like, no, let's let like, once you get the flow going and the flow stays there, it's, just so much more entertaining and like you don't lose
0: the plot yeah right
1: and the players get used to it they've complained and moaned and the players association has been against these things but they'll get used to it you give it give it a half of a season and they'll get used to playing faster and it'll be one of the best developments maybe the single best development for baseball in a very very long time if they can consistently Get the games down in the two and a half hour range. It, th- that alone is going to solve a lot of baseball's problems. Yeah, indeed. So. Well, we
0: uh, we look forward to how the games going to continue to evolve. And uh, speaking of games, Ricky, we're gonna um, we're gonna close out tonight with a, a little game that 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 we came up with based on Super Seventy Sports. Um, we're taking a couple of your catchphrases here and giving you. Uh, choices we're giving you two choices Ricky and and you got to pick one all right in many cases these are both good things but um, we're gonna we're gonna give you this we, we call this game um, this some or that sweet bastard all right um, so let me uh, Jonathan I don't Jonathan had a couple pictures for yours i don't know if you can share the screen or not gets
3: i, I, I don't I, know at the same time, i'm confident that ricky will know he knows.
0: yeah will He's know what,
3: what we're talking about here
0: yeah uh. <laughs> all right so we're gonna we're gonna start it off here ricky we've got we've got just a few questions you can you can just pick one here here's uh here's the first one which is weirder that some bitch is wade boggs in a devil Rays uniform or this sweet bastard is Pete Rose in an Expos
1: uniform. Which one do you pick? Which one is weirder? Yeah. I. You know, look, I got to go with Pete Rose with the Expos there. I, it's always still kind of jarring for me when I see Boggs in the Devil Rays uniform. Especially that's where he got his 3,000th hit, right? So right. Whenever you see that it's the Devil Rays and that's that that. That some bitch is pretty weird, but I I got I got I got to go with this sweet bastard Pete Rose as an Expo. He got his four thousandth hit at Olympic Ah. Stadium. Oh, an Expo, yeah. (laughs) You know, so Ty Ty Cobb is still the all-time hit leader uh, in America. (laughs) <laughs> he got like 80 some of his hits in canada he's the north american hit leader.
3: well and that's what that racist bastard would prefer so
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um all right so we're we're gonna score one for uh we're doing pete rose in the uh the expos uniform so we'll score one for that sweet bastard Lawrence. all right ricky it was one of these has to go um i, I know you're a you're a Kentucky native, and I know you know you you went to a few Reds games growing up. So this one is it's about food of that region. Um, one's got to go. That son of a bitch is some bitch is Cincinnati chili, or this sweet bastard is a patty melt. I'd like to note that this is the second episode in a row we've talked about patty melts. But <laughs> anyway, so w- w- which well, one are you keeping?
1: Man, I'm. I am a fan of the Cincinnati Chili. I will tell you. I know that it's, uh, it's a bit of a lightning rod. Yeah, and sure. Th- there are people, but I, w- I was a fan. My ex-wife was like a huge Skyline Chili person, and she got me turned on to it. Having said that, that's some bitch's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> patty, melts or patty, melt, patty melts are undefeated. Yeah. Okay? Agreed. So, yeah, uh, they are. I'm riding, I'm riding yeah. with the patty melt. No disrespect to that some bitch in Cincinnati. But yeah. I'm, I'm riding patty melts all day long. A,
0: a cat that we grew up with named Curtis um, once said, and this is one of the wisest things he ever said, um, he said, he said, You know, you've had a shitty cheeseburger. You ever had a shitty patty melt? No. That's goddamn right. <laughs> <You> know, right. <laughs> that,
1: that is from God's, uh, God's lips to Towers yeah. <laughs> That man man broke it down. I Yeah, what he said.
0: He did. All right, next one here. Um this one might be kind of easy. I don't know. That some bitch is Arnold in The Terminator, the first one. We'll go with just the eighty four one. Or this sweet bastard is Arnold in Total Recall. Which which is your choice, man?
1: Um look, I, I I enjoyed the lady with three titties. I'm not going to lie.
0: Maybe you wish you had three hands.
1: I, mean, that's I wish I had three hands to give those titties yeah. three thumbs down. Uh, to quote Dave Chappelle as Rick James to paraphrase him. Um, I got, I, I got to go with, I got to go with Arnold in the Terminator. I mean, iconic. So yeah. got, got to ride with that one. Total recall was an enjoyable flick as so many of, uh, Arnold's films are, but, uh, You know, I mean, come on, he's the he's the fucking goddamn Terminator, man.
0: Yeah, everything everything like up into and including True Lies is just gold, as far as I'm concerned with Arnold. You know, just
1: they're all bangers, man. I mean, my my all time favorite uh, Schwarzenegger flick is The Running Man. Yeah. I fucking loved I love The Running Man. And the nice thing about The Running Man is is like you look at like how rapidly our society's decaying, we're yeah. probably only like 4 or 5 years away from that being a real show on Fox. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you hang on long enough and the science fiction uh, comes true sometimes.
0: Absolutely. Um, cool. All right. So, this one's going to be tough. That son bitch is the Hot for Teacher video. <laughs> or this sweet bastard is the sabotage video.
1: Ooh, baby, that is that is cruel to me. Um, look, I love the Beastie Boys. I love the Beastie Boys, but Hot for Teacher is probably my favorite music video of all time. Certainly top five for me. Yeah. So look, if you wanted to tell me that sabotage was the best music video of all time, I wouldn't argue with you very hard. Right. about that. I mean, it's got a real good claim on it, but, uh, man I, being like 12 or 13 years old, um, when that song came out and being a kid who was watching MTV for hours and hours a day back when they really played music videos, uh, gotta, gotta love me some David Lee Roth and the boys there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm riding with that some bitch hot for teacher and Van Halen.
2: But yeah, I don't, sab- I mean- Sabotage didn't have a miniature uh, Michael Anthony. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite kid in a video ever. <laughs> I wanted to be those kids so
1: badly. <laughs> oh, my God. Teacher comes in, man, the, the, my, my homework was never quite like this. Yeah. You know, for everybody who ever had the hots for one of their teachers, let's face it, we've all been there at one time or another. Um, that that video spoke for a a lot of uh, ado, adolescent male angst, you know. Yeah, I and
0: you know Diamond Dave just that's Diamond Dave is Groucho Marx hosting a wet t-shirt contest. You know that's that's what David Lee Roth is, and he's he's the best. All right, The next one here. Um, that's some bitch. This is this is the wide brimmed hat edition. Um, we've got. We've got that some bitch is Jay Johnstone in his uh, what is that a Fleer gets is that what that is yeah, yeah it's like eighty
1: three Fleer
0: eighty three Fleer, Fleer where Jay Johnstone's wearing that Budweiser umbrella hat can or, see it
1: man's eye I, I know the cars. yeah
0: this sweet bastard is Dave Parker wearing a just a just a badass like seventies hat. hat and he's yeah. he's got the if you if you hear any noise it's just me and the boys popping shirt on. Which one do you
1: got, man? Well, look, I love Dave Parker. Dave was on my old podcast, and I'm a big proponent of Dave Parker being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, so Dave Dave's a regular, reoccurring character in the Super Seventies uh, timeline. But I will say, Jay Johnstone, Super Super Sky Point to to Jay Johnstone. He and I formed a little bit of a friendship in his oh, cool. later years hmm. and. Sometimes he would call me up and we would just shoot the shit on the phone for an hour or two. And, uh, Jay was, uh, Jay was really the guy that you thought that he was he, he, when I was a kid growing up, I, uh, in high school, I remember we were reading the good earth by Pearl S buck. And I distinctly remember having a paperback of one of Jay Johnstone's books. I think it was Over the Edge was the book, and I would stick it inside of the good earth, and in Mr. Kessler's English class, I would read Jay Johnstone's book, and I told Jay that, and it delighted him. So uh, I found out that like in the case of Jay Johnstone, he really pretty much is the guy that you thought he was. Bill Lee is the same thing. I thought, okay, they, they're, they're putting on. You know what I mean? Like they're, it, It's a gimmick or whatever. If it's a gimmick, both of those guys are living it. Because I can tell you from having conversations with them, uh, they're who they say they are. So I'm going to write. Dave has the accolades. He's got the MVP award. He's got the gold gloves. Uh, he's still with us. I'm going to uh, give a little shout out to my my friend Jay Johnstone and, and ride with that some bitch.
0: Right on. Nice. All right. Um, this is one is the Instrument Fortress edition. We've got that some bitch is Neil Pert's drum set. <laughs> or this sweet bastard is Keith Emerson's keyboard rig.
1: Oh my God. Wow. Um, I'm going to tell you, I am, I am not a rush guy. I know a lot of people love rush. Geddy Lee's voice just kind of hits me in that place where just some people's voices hit you. So, uh, I, I'm, and of course that's not Neil Pert's fault, but I'm going <laughs> to hold it against it. And I'm going to go with that, This sweet bastard, uh, little, uh, EELP there. Yeah. That's the Jimi Hendrix of
0: the keyboards there, man.
1: Look, I'm a, I'm a Bob Dylan fan. So like I have spent a lot of my life, people my, he's my, well, he and McCartney are my guys, but I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. I've seen him in concert like 25 times can't count how many people have told me through the years oh my god i hate his voice you know so it's like no disrespect rush fans i may may have rush fans here um, um, among me i might be outnumbered three to one <laughs> for all i know i will say that i like tom sawyer though if that if that's worth anything yeah.
0: jonathan and i went to see rush well again it's about 20 years ago um, arena show Big show. There were five women there, Ricky. In the (laughs) full
1: arena, five women at the Rudge concert. It it was like (laughs) in palooza. Everybody (laughs) else was asking you guys what vagina was like that night. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hold Uh, like a a TED talk in the uh, the lobby (laughs) telling people what it was like to know the touch of a woman, fellas?
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, good stuff. Moving on, we got that son of a bitch is Bo Jackson's actual sports career or this sweet bastard, Bo Jackson's video game career.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) Well, Jesus, that's (laughs) tough. I mean, look, Tecmo Bo... Is it I mean he's got an argument as the greatest athlete in the history of video games does he not Absolutely I mean I don't know who else is in that conversation if you have anybody that you want to mention that belongs on that short list of dominant video game athletes but there's a reason we all wanted to be the Raiders oh, and yeah. it was because he was, if he if he didn't just like outrun you he was going to shake you off like like he was taylor swift right so uh you gotta respect that then again on the other hand you got bo real life who wins the heisman and then needs 53 games in double a to be in the major leagues and the first home run he hits at kaufman stadium is still to this day the longest home run that's ever been hit (laughs) in the history of kaufman stadium and it wasn't even his best sport um man since any asshole could score a touchdown with Tecmo Bo <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with that son of a bitch real bo because the stuff that Real Bo did, nobody but Bo could do it.
0: Alright. Good uh, good yeah. choice. Um next one, that son of a bitch a jello pudding pop or this sweet bastard a mini batting helmet Sunday.
1: Oh well look, first of all you the, the mini batting helmets, I, I've got a full collection of the football helmets that Dairy Queen used to do, and I have a full collection of the baseball helmets that they used to do. Pudding pops just make me think of Bill Cosby raping people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's not the pudding's fault, but it's, it's a lot like Subway. You know, Jared, Subway now is just covered in the stench of Jared being a pedophile, and pudding pops never recovered. There's a reason that you can't find pudding pops in your grocery store. Right? Wow. Right. They were delicious, too. They have the taint of rape on them. So uh, nothing. Look, it's I've tweeted before. It's science ice cream out of a mini batting helmet. Just simply tastes better. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's properties in the plastic that are absorbed by the ice cream (laughs) that hit our pleasure receptors, but there's nothing to this day. I'm a grown ass man. And if you give me an ice cream sundae in a mini helmet, I am legit gonna get a hop in my step. Yeah, that 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 sweet bastard definitely is the ice cream sundae helmet. Cool. Well, you know what? That's our last
0: one, Ricky. Man, we uh, we thank you for playing this game with us. The winner is that son of a bitch. Okay, (laughs) so five to three looks. I didn't.
1: I should have. You know, I could have put my thumb on the scale and you know pushed it towards my catchphrase, but. I'm here to give honest fucking answers to serious questions, Gabe. It's not negotiable
3: when it comes to the pudding pop.
1: (laughs) It comes down to to just trying to speak truth on on this show today. That's why we invite
0: you back. Absolutely. Well, man, Ricky... This has been a lot of fun, man. It was really good catching up with you we're so we're so happy for all your success man and we look forward to what's coming next.
1: Well, thank you guys for having me on and thank you for being patient while I went to the dispensary and <laughs> picked up picked up an ounce of uh, lemon bean. It's a nice sativa so uh, we'll gonna, be up all night. Wow. I might be I, that might be my best bet I'm gonna be on WGn morning news in the morning so I oh, all right. I'm going to have to make a decision of how much of this I'm going to do before bedtime so that uh, hopefully I can get a little bit of shut-eye before I go, go on television.
0: Cool, man. Well, enjoy that. And um, I want to remind everybody to follow at Super70Sports on Twitter. Check out the podcast, the Super70 Sports Show, as well as the new show on Vice, the Super Maximum Retro Show. Been a lot of fun, Ricky. And uh, everybody, We'll we'll see you again real soon. Take care.